Cammy Nick, you're here at House Conspiracy doing your residency in this final cycle and I want to sort of get straight straight into it. Um, you're obviously both comic artists and you're here collaborating for what is, I believe, the first time for you guys. So maybe each begin by talking about your practice and about some of your projects that you've done individually and then we'll shift into talking about your collaboration. Sure. Uh, Nick, maybe you start? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm Nick. <laughs> Part of this uh, this duo that we're using, they're doing for House Conspiracy. Um, so, yeah, I've done a, a few comics over the, the last few years. Um, uh, I've done uh, a couple of collaborations, not, not with um, Cami yet, this is the first time, but uh, I've got a friend who I do a lot of writing with and a lot of sort of uh, splitting the writing and drawing duties. Um, so I've done, we did a comic about uh, a rapper called MF Doom. Yeah, which kind st of been, stuff favorite at House Conspiracy. Yeah, it's been making the rounds. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really fun. Um, yeah, we both really got into him around the same time and uh, made a little homage, uh, homage book for him. Um, we also work together on a series called Basketball, which is kind of like, um, I don't know, kind of like a sports, a sports comic mixed with uh, hack and slash fantasy D&D stuff. So like that's, a sort of Monday Night Combat. Yeah, sort of yeah, 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 essentially. And it's just got a weird, like a weird world where this sort of ancient sport of Basketball is yeah, reign supreme. So that's pretty fun. Um, and then the one I did probably the the latest one I did was a um, was was uh, just by me and it was a watercolor um, a watercolor like kind of like snapshot day in the life of uh, these Japanese women uh, who were like pearl divers and fishermen. Mm -hmm. um, that was called the smell of the ocean. Smell of the ocean, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah at the ama, <coughs> who were like all women. Uh, divers, and they they used to uh, harvest sort of abalone and, and and pearls, and in the old days they used to do a lot of fishing as well for their villages, and uh, it was it was mostly done by women because they found that women 
had just the makeup of their body. They could hold their breaths on average for longer than men could. And um, their body fat was distributed in different areas of their body, which meant that they could dive in colder water for longer than, mm-hmm. than men could as well. Yeah, so uh, and that, that it's still going, the tradition, but now it's more of a tourism kind of thing. Yeah. Sort of more niche, less, yeah. less yeah. for necessity. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, and we'll talk more sort of about sort of why you're so inspired, well, by Japan um, a bit later. But sure. I think, Cami, mm. if you could... Talk a bit about the stuff that you've been up to as well. Um, well, I've only started doing comics in the last year or so. Um, so I've been working on this long-form comic, uh, which I'm releasing bit by bit. Um, and it's a true story. It's the story of the women in my family and um, um, how they live through like a very... Uh, um, tumultuous period in um, Latin American history and how they, they kind of took reins of, of their lives and what they did to survive. So um, they're, they're all pretty crazy. I think that's <laughs> it's always good, like, storytelling. Um, and so, yeah, and, and after that, it's, um, it's this little project, um, which ended up also being, like, autobiographical in a way. So, um, so it's been my, my going with, uh, with comics. I, <laughs> to be honest, I mean, Nick kind of... Um, Nick got me into into making comics. I've always kind of wanted to, but then I thought it was something that other people do, you know? And yeah, like, yeah, you oh, don't envision yourself yeah. doing it. And uh, we, we go to this thing called Drink and Draw um, mm-hmm. every other Thursday. And it's just... Which one do you go to over at... The one in uh, the city. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Thursday nights. And um, um, there's just an incredible group of people there. You have people that are just learning how to draw you have people that work in you know animation studios mm. or video games and um and uh, so many people are making comics and it's like you know it's a thing you can do and people do it all the time mm. and that kind of um, inspired me to start and yeah wonderful and yeah obviously sort of that autobiographical study of the women in your family sort mm. of leads kind of nicely into the project you're doing yeah here, which is autobiographical about yourself and yeah. about yourselves um so maybe talk a little bit about yeah, how you came to meet and then why you chose to undertake this project together and this residency together. Sure. Uh, yeah, well, how we met. Yeah. Me and Cammie. Yeah. Cool. It was through Drink and Draw, It was through I Drink think. and Draw, yeah. 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 Um, I don't um, even remember. Not really. I remember you just, I think when I first met you properly, you just got back from Chile because I'd seen you like around. But I haven't really properly talked <laughs> to you. Who is that girl? Yeah, who is she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we met through there and, and then, you know, we just kept going. and We just became, like, really close friends. Yeah. And um, I think we, if we don't share the exact experiences, growing up overseas does kind of shape you. And it does kind of um, open your views of, of society in a way that, you know, people who have only lived in one place don't have. And mm. I think that... We kind of had that in common. We mm-hmm. grew up watching like the same TV shows because <laughs> yeah. uh, Chile yeah. would get a lot of um, like old school Japanese anime that I grew up on, for example, that Nick would have seen in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, just like really obscure mm. things. and yeah. yeah, so we just geeked out and became friends that way. And then um, I think we, we like storytelling in a kind of like in a similar manner mm. or like we just like the craft of it. Mm-hmm. 
in a similar manner. Yeah. I yeah. Think we share a lot of um, influences yeah. with, with that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Like we always usually find find ourselves sort of freaking out over the same stuff. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. Or like. Uh, Being excited by the same stuff as well. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like I've found recently like looking, talking about things like Studio Ghibli is like a huge influence on, on both of us. And, you know, I'd be, like, drooling over character design and, and you know, sort of prop design and stuff. And then Kemi would be like, but those backgrounds, oh, my God, they're amazing. And I'm like, oh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. We, can we amp each other up. Yeah. I think yeah. that's the whole thing. <laughs> and when we, when we are working on our separate projects, uh, sometimes we get together to, like, to work on them, you know, just kind of like what we're doing now, basically. Mm. But, um, but if one person is like, oh, you know, I... I'm not sure about this place. It's like, you could do this or you could do that. It's like, mm. yes. Mm-hmm. And then, so we, um, yeah, we kind of like power each other. Um, yeah. In yeah. a really good way. It's pretty, it, yeah, it's funny. Like we haven't really collaborated, collaborated before, but yeah. we've, we work together like yeah. side by side a lot. Yeah. Um, and having that extra pair of eyes, like looking at your work and seeing things in a different way is really helpful. Um, yeah. can be really helpful. So what's that transition been like from that sort of working with each other to working together if we want to draw that sort of distinction? It's been pretty smooth. It, it has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just work really well together. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Nick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us more. <laughs> I mean, that, that can be the whole answer to a question. Maybe I'll ask something. Um, I, I think just yes is a great answer. Yes. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not great radio, but... <laughs> I'm sorry, um, radio listeners. <laughs> but, um, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, you mentioned sort of how, how growing up in different, different places and multiple places changes your viewpoints um Definitely. just sort of people might have sort of grasped it from sort of what you've said but where did you grow up and what are the ways that it, it's changed your perspectives each and then maybe chime in when you agree with each other or okay yeah, yeah. sure uh, so, so um i uh i grew up in japan mm-hmm. when i was a baby uh and i went to like a japanese school and lived there for that's six or seven years. Um, and yeah, I think, yeah, although you don't realize stuff at the time, looking, looking back on it, um, it, like when you're so young, you, you, you know, you pick up languages really easily. You, 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 um, you, you don't have all, you don't have like a, preformed notion of what the world's like and and what people are like and all that sort of thing um so uh yeah so i think i think looking back now it gives you more of a i guess it widens your view i suppose of you know especially coming back to australia and living in australia and and looking at you know not to get too deep too quickly but looking at you know social problems and and issues and stuff you have you have another perspective on it you know it's like um yeah things work differently overseas and yeah um this is better this is not as good or Mm -hmm. this is different Mm. and i can see how this like influences people and yeah Mm. where did you grow up i um i'm originally from chile 
uh, from Santiago, Chile, and uh, my family, when I was nine years old, we moved to America, to South Florida, and we lived there for six years before going back to Chile, and now, you know, I came here as an adult, um, and it's it's definitely uh, done me in. <laughs> done you <laughs> just, in how? Um, <laughs> living in so many different places. I went to, I was just talking to a friend about this yesterday, um, I went to eight different schools. Yeah, wow. And... Um, uh, just seeing how, you know, when I lived in Chile, I was a very privileged little girl. And then when we moved to America, we were poor Latino immigrants. And that just changed from one day to the other, where I had not seen any problems at all, you know, with my like happy-go-lucky kind of like childhood. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I was in, I was like a token minority and um, it was such a big shock and it was such a big eye-opener. Um, even when I went back to Chile and I was once again, you know, like, because uh, in South America, I'm, well, not all of South America, I'm sure, but, you know, in Chile, at least, you know, if you're, if you're white and you have some money, you, you're way better off than yeah. most people. Um, and so going back to that and, and being that, uh, when I knew what being the other felt like was just, yeah, right. it was Does a that- big shock. What's that like, I guess, on a, on a personal level where I suppose, I mean, you continue being the same person, but the way and the tools with which you interface with society are so different. Does, mm. it, does that have a toll on you personally? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, it's good in a way. I'm glad I had that experience because it's made me much more empathetic. And I'm sure if I had just stayed in Chile and had a very comfortable life, mm. I I would be insufferable. Uh, <laughs> I, I would be, because um, I would have never had to question that, you know. Mm-hmm. And struggle. And yeah, yeah, and um, and I think that that in that way that was a positive experience. But it also fills you with um, with anger and frustration, and you know, and it makes you kind of very sensitive to. Um, certain subjects that mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you've heard me rant about. Mm. <laughs> it's actually um, quite like surprising. The political. Oh, that's not even situation. Oh my god, <laughs> it's not even. And then, um, so when I go back home to Chile, and I'm just ranting against Trump, for example, mm. um, I had an uncle go like, "But why do you care? He's all the way over there." It's like, well, no, I know people there. I know people mm. who are being screwed over by this guy, mm. and. Um, it just makes it more real, you know? It's not just the movies, it's, yeah. And I mean, it It also, ha- it happens everywhere. It just has different faces to it. It's mm. just so ridiculous. Um, just that um, way that we have of othering others mm-hmm. to be okay with them not having as much as we do. Mm. And it, it's just ridiculous how those people in every society are different groups, but they get vilified the exact same way You know, you have indigenous people in Chile, aboriginals here, black people in America, and it's just the exact same pattern that you use to, um, yeah, to kind of um, make it okay for you to be better, Mm. you know? Mm. And it's, um, because you see it happening in different places to different people and society using the same kind of strategies, you realize how ridiculous it all is. It's, It's all a joke. So... Um, but also, yeah, how recurrent yeah, it is. Yeah, and how it's it's definitely um, a tool 
you know, and it's a thought out tool that they use to, to I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't anything new, um, but it, it does open your eyes, especially as a kid, when you don't think that this stuff should be happening mm. and, or like you never do, but you, you just don't expect it to, to actually see it and be for it to be so obvious because you've seen it through both lenses. Yes. And, and particularly sort of when, when you jump from two different contexts and I think a lot mm. of, a lot of political activist types, particularly in Australia who don't realize sort of what sort of like extreme level of privilege we have here. Um, exactly what you're saying. The fact that these hierarchies recur in every society. In every and, society, yeah, and you know, throughout you, history. You're the same per like we were saying before, you're, you were the same person in Florida as you were in Chile. Yeah. But the context around it was well, completely, completely different. different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Nick, how, how about you? What, what sort of um, knowledges and um, perspectives have come out of living so far from well, living, living as the only white person in a Japanese school and <laughs> then coming to Australia and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, that, at the time, as a kid, that, ne that didn't really phase, phase me. Like, I hadn't had much of a life in Australia before I moved over there. I was really young, like one or two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was fairly normal for the most part, you know, growing up in Japan nothing felt weird because it was it was sort of the first the first way that I'd known um and I think coming back coming back was a bit of an adjustment because this is where you know you're told that you're from and you know you're from Brisbane you're from Australia your you know grandma lives there all that sort of thing and so you were born here in, in Brisbane I was yeah, yeah yeah and then we moved over fairly um fairly soon after that mm -hmm. um yeah, so I guess it was a bit of an adjustment, like little things, like uh, like my sisters and I. Whenever we'd go to someone's house, we'd always leave our shoes at the front door, kind of thing. And and you know, like walking on grass was weird. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of grass <laughs> really? in Japan. Yeah, like they have greenery, but all their parks and playgrounds and stuff are all like sand yeah. and dirt. Even so, the Hiroshima Peace Park is mostly concrete. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like a park like we'd think of here, where it's like open, open grass spaces and play, play equipment and stuff. Yeah, it's it's fairly different. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't necessarily like. I wouldn't say I've been hard done by in any in any kind of stretch. Um, but it is it is interesting coming back and seeing you know, how things are in Australia and thinking back to how it's handled in Japan and, and, you know, there's some issues that just aren't issues, you know, issues that we have here um, that don't happen over there. Just And it's just because of the culture. It's so different, you know. Yeah. There's a, there's a, like an insane level of sort of respect and and mutual kind of... Um, a sense of honour culture there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For other people, like how people interact with each other you know don't you know i think the whole kind of idea is don't cause embarrassment for the other person like it's very empathetic like you think you're always thinking of the other person before yourself um and because of that you know you have things like you can leave your bike unlocked in the street and nine times out of ten it won't get taken and stolen you know you don't have to worry about security and that kind of thing um 
Hmm. Yeah. Um, and so did you move back to Brisbane with family or did you make that choice on your own to come back here? I moved back with family. Yeah, I was still, I was still in school, like a yeah. little kid. So we moved back um, to Brisbane for a bit. And um, yeah, we'd lived in a few different places, like Hong Kong as well. Um, that was like probably the other, that was the other uh, overseas sort of place where we all lived. And then um, Adelaide and Brisbane, different parts of Australia as well. Wonderful. Yeah. Um, and so, um, to sort of leverage on a little bit of knowledge from uh, the lovely chats we had over at lunch yesterday, mm-hmm. um, you guys came in here sort of with the idea of sort of blending blending your stories together and trying to sort of, I don't want to use the word forced because it's loaded, but try to get them to fit a similar narrative arc. Mm. Yeah. Um, now that process has shifted your goals and your overarching sort of um, structure of the project has shifted since being here. So maybe, um, yeah, tell me about um, how that's been and what you sort of hit that made you shift away and towards what you're doing now. Um, well, we, we originally thought of making um, kind of like a day-in-the-life comic where you have these two children, you know, and um, it's, it's just a day in, like, kindy and how they experience the world and in, in different places, but essentially having like a very similar experience. Um, but it just, it didn't work out. It, um, we, our experiences were so different and the way we view the world is so different um, that, yeah, we just, we, I, well, it's like we were saying before, we had very different experiences growing up overseas, so. Um, Nick had a swell of a time. <laughs> you had a great time. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, I did. It was great. <laughs> and um, to be honest, I, I, I didn't. I mean, I obviously had. Sorry, I obviously had. You know, great, um, great experiences there. But most of it, I, 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 I did want to go back to my country. So we, we just couldn't get those two to mesh mm. well just in the one comic. So we decided mm. to make two separate ones that speak about those different interactions with like. A foreign environment, yeah. Yeah, and it ended up being way like a, a way more natural process yeah. that way too. Yeah, I think we were both running into roadblocks trying to mesh these, trying to yeah. mesh these things together. Um, yeah. Where maybe they didn't naturally they naturally didn't. fit. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, and I think but I, that's a that's a really good thing. Is that um, yeah, our experiences were so different and. Mm. We can talk about them both and, you know. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It becomes a more holistic narrative. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it doesn't, it also, it becomes less, maybe less prescriptive. You know, you're not saying that something is something. You're saying that yeah. something can be several things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just depends on, you know, a large number of contexts. Yeah. Um, and while you're here also, uh, I know you guys have sort of both worked digitally and in traditional media, but you are dealing with just traditional media while you're here. Yeah. Um, maybe speak, speak a little on that. Why, why have you chosen to go with traditional media? Does that make the process longer? Does it make it more delicate? How is that affecting what you're doing here? I found in, in my experience working with traditional media versus digital, I find that it does go quicker because you don't have the option of you know control zetting you don't have the option of going back and doing it and doing it to get the perfect line or that kind of thing um 
And uh, it, it just changes the way you think. It changes the way you think as you work because you, you're actually dealing with sort of physical elements. If you, you know, we're, we're using watercolour mm. um, specifically. So there's a whole bunch of stuff you think about there and things you have to deal with. Water not doing the right thing, you know, colours not going exactly where you needed them to go. But I don't know. I personally, I like, I really like that added element when you're yeah. creating, you know. It gives, yeah. you, it gives you some more life to, yeah. to work with. Those imp- imperfections are usually what make something look really earnest and really... Uh, it, it, that's the... Know, that's a great word for it. It's, yeah. it's it's earnest. I mean, to us, right? So there's people that work digitally and they feel this way about digital work. And um, but I f- yeah, I feel like we're kind of on the same page. Where mm. just working um, traditionally just feels so much more connected, you know, to to our hearts and to mm. our body. And mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. we're like making lines and we're filling the paper and we're mm-hmm. um, we have this product that might not be like the perfect thing that we want but it's real and it's there and it's like touchable and mm. it's just for us it's kind of um like a richer experience yeah, yeah. and um usually when people looking at the work other, other people looking at the work see it they can see the papers buckled they can see they can almost you know sometimes you, you can see the texture you can feel it like that's and i think that is always going to be something that is that's going to draw people in you know like, <laughs> oh this is you know there's this big perception that if you do things digital you, you're cheating you know like yeah. from non from non kind of creative art people that don't yeah. work in it you know? which is really frustrating <laughs> sometimes when you're working digitally it's like no you can't just no, press a not, button and make this happen. Yeah, press the <laughs> press the art button and yeah. then it's done. Like the, the art button. <laughs> yeah. You know, control control art. It's not like that. It's not like that yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I deleted my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No, that's really yeah, that's really nice. So um, that's interesting that it that it becomes shorter a process in oh, working yeah. working physically because you can't retract backwards I yeah mm. no um but is there like i don't know is there a, a large risk of like painting the wrong watercolor or just going too far painting through the paper like well i mean it's not like you can't fix mistakes when you make them you just work with them mm-hmm. um but that in turn makes it more beautiful because mm. it's got all these little imp- like what nick was saying is it's got all these little imperfections that make it unique and it makes it um yeah, just your own way and nobody else could ever replicate it, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's something nice about it, especially what our subject matter is. It's mm. just these memories that we have and it's such a, like a, like a internal, um, I forget words sometimes. So <laughs> it's, yeah, this... These, like a sort of organic. This deep... Uh, these deep memories, I guess, that we've had since we were kids. Mm. Um, it's just not... a nice medium to, yeah. to tell those stories. Yeah, yeah. Because it's both, it's a, like watercolors are something that we've both worked in before. Um, mm. Yeah, you do just get this. Yeah, I think it suits it because, you know, there are memories, so they're not perfect as well. Yeah, they're like exactly. something that we've been carrying around with us that we, you know, that yeah. we, we that we um, are drawing from to actually make this work and then being able to get it from like 
heart and brain and then be able to actually channel it through things that have their own, uh, I don't know, maybe not personality, but things that definitely have their own attributes. Like watercolor is its own medium to work with. You have to do certain things to it. I think, I don't know, this feels right. And like it feels really natural. And you know, I think yeah. in the end, like when it comes together, it's going to look really, yeah. it's look really good. Cool. I'm usually excited to see it. Um, yeah, I really like the work of both of you that I've seen so far. Obviously, the MF Doom comic, but the smell of the ocean is <laughs> delightful too. Um, what's next after the House Conspiracy Residency? After you wrap up this this lovely little project, um, mm. 2018 year's just started as mm. we sit down to to record this. Ten days in. Um, where, are you, where, where are you hoping ahead? We're gonna sell Let's out. talk about re- resolutions. Yeah, <laughs> we're just gonna finally go to the gym every day. No. <laughs> no, this year's gonna slug. be different. Yeah, yeah I'm just gonna no. sell out and get a job. Yeah, <laughs> get a nice full time job. That'd be sick. I just want I I just want a job doing art in some yeah. capacity. Yeah. So um, maybe in the entertainment industry, so animation or video games. Um, and just earn money drawing and doing what I'm good at instead mm. of um. Slogging away in retail. Slogging away in retail, which will <laughs> slowly kill you. That's how you yeah. die. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very slow way to die. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I think we're both kind of see. We just we just have a lot of things in common. So yeah. we we're kind of um, both wanting to get into like industry jobs this year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely want to keep on going with my comic. Um, but it's just that the first comic I've ever drawn, I've decided to make this like epic giant story. So, so it's going to be a while before you oh, have man. it in a portfolio. Yeah, like yeah. Mm. And um, and then, yeah, see where, where that takes me. Mm. Wonderful. Well, um, to any industry professionals out there listening, uh, Cammy and Nick both have come with a recommendation from me. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, now, uh, where can either you, just as a wrap-up, where can either of you be found online if for people who want to check out your work? I know you've got a website, Nick. Do you have a website as well, Cami? I'm working on one, but I have an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Cami underscore Duran underscore art. Um, Easy. Yeah. And Nick? Uh, yeah, well, I have a comics site that, um, so the MF Doom comic and Smell of the Ocean, you can find all them through. Um, that's just Super Disc Comics on Facebook. Um, but I've also got Nick Reese illustration on Facebook as well for more solo ed- uh, endeavors. So yeah, you can find me on there. Great. Well, thank you very much for sitting down with me. Um, and I cannot wait to see, see the, the fruits of your labor. You guys mm. have been in a lot. Um, so you've been working for what the outcome is going to be. Um, oh, yes. thank you very much. Thank, thank you. you.